news is one of the most insightful businesswomen that I know. Sarah is absolutely amazing. Sarah's wisdom, enthusiasm, and positive outlook on life motivates me to be a better person. Her ability to see the very best in people is just awesome. Sarah's coaching and mentoring inspired me to become an entrepreneur. What an inspiration. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who is my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? <laughs> so good. How are you? Good, good. Good. It's so fun to have you here. And it's really cool because today we're talking about one of our favorite companies, Chick-fil-A. Yeah, you know, everything that they do is stuff that applies to our business. And I think uh, it's fun to, to get to hear from Brandon and some of the insight on what they do so well. Yeah. You know what I think super cool is what an open book they are. You know, that there aren't really secrets. Um, the way I got to meet Brandon was um, we were both at a speaking event and we just struck up a conversation. And I remember thinking when he said he worked for Chick-fil-A, I was like, uh-huh, that totally makes sense because he just, the way he carried himself represented Chick-fil-A. Does that make any sense? It does, and it's a, it's a culture that they create, and it's stuff that we try to do with Tippy Toes. It's what right. we try to do with in minor league baseball. It's, it's what all the businesses are trying to do is create that culture that you know that it's the Tippy Toes way or the, the Chick-fil-A way. Right, and Chick-fil-A, just their, their culture is so thick there. And I remember when Brandon and I were talking the first time we met, he asked, he said, who are your women mentors in your life? And I kind of paused and I was like, that's a really good question because so much of what Megan and I do, we make up because we're entrepreneurs. And so really having women speak into our life, like of course our my mom does and we have great women in our life, but as far as like a business-minded woman, we don't have anybody like that. And he said, I need to hook you up with some really amazing Chick-fil-A people and then invited Megan and I to um, Chick-fil-A to get to meet some of these incredible franchise selection team members. And what happened that trip was just incredible because it was like they gave us their playbook. You know, it's funny, the day that you went, mm -hmm. uh, I had a meeting uh, down in Nashville with the Chick-fil-A owner of the Nashville franchise. And I was said, man, it's, it's interesting to be meeting you today because mm -hmm. uh, Sarah's down in Atlanta meeting with Brandon and, and the just smile that came across his face <laughs> to, to hear Brandon Bray's name yeah. and know that, that you were going to be meeting with him uh, just showed how genuine of a guy Brandon is and that mm -hmm. he's really there to support that franchise owner and really there to um, be alongside and be part of that family. It is yeah. almost like uh, the beaming look that you have when somebody brings up Megan or Jenny or anybody else yeah. in your family. You, it, it's a, it goes a long way with that culture and seeing it firsthand was, was really special. That is really cool. Well, Brandon's super cool because he has such an amazing Chick-fil-A story. He actually, he works in the corporate office of Chick-fil-A with the franchise selection department. Um, but his story goes back to the age of 15. He started with Chick-fil-A. He had actually never eaten a Chick-fil-A sandwich before he got his job there. He hadn't really even heard of them. And he was living in Atlanta. And this was back um, 
a while ago when he was 15. And um, he said the first time he'd ever had a Chick-fil-A sandwich was the first day on the job. And so to me, loyalty is awesome, but that's some really thick loyalty from the age of 15 to you know, today for Brandon and to really work his way up and really understand the culture. It's no question that he is the man that he is and the way he is because of the influence Chick-fil-A has had on his life. You know, that Chick-fil-A is such a great example that it's not the product, it's Mm-mm. the people. And, right. Uh, and it's fun that that you don't have to love their chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. I, I we don't go very often to Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. but, but our kids love it. Because the and line is so long, because everybody loves line it. line is always long. <laughs> right. But it, they make it easy when you go there, uh, mm-hmm. so it doesn't scare us off all the time. Right. Because they're so good with so quick. Uh, customer service, and, and we always enjoy the experience. But it's not always top of mind, but mm-hmm. uh, it's not the product, it's the people. It's the people, right. Because of the way you feel when you're in Chick-fil-A. Some of my favorite business meetings have taken place at Chick-fil-A over sweet tea, which is really one of the fun things to do in Kentucky. But I think what's super fun is everybody there, they're there to serve you. And that's what Brandon said. And I'm going to get this quote wrong, but he said, we're serving people with chicken, something like that. Instead of serving chicken to people, we're serving people with chicken. And I think that's cool. And I think we could say that like for tippy toes, we are trying to impact children and our vehicles dance. You know, we're not trying to build these great prima ballerinas. We're trying to instill a love of dancing and just self-confidence in kids and our vehicle is dance. Yeah, there's so, so much to be uh, learned from that and it's such a powerful concept. I also love that you came back from being at Chick-fil-A uh, with a really simple model of master, mate, and mission. Mm, that's been, I think that was my biggest takeaway like loved that and and the master one i think for both of us is mm-hmm. uh, it's easy to be like oh of course we have a, a great relationship with with jesus and and mm-hmm. know where we are kind of spiritually but to think of a lot of our friends and a lot of the people that we we see they make money their master and, mm-hmm. and to think if if you have that one wrong and mm-hmm. a lot of things go wrong and it's interesting uh, that they preach that so often yeah. at chick-fil-a and, and going back to creating a culture uh you, they want you to get your master right and they they give you off Sundays they mm-hmm. they want to make sure that that master is is spiritual and not um, something like money that yeah. can get you in a lot of trouble that God's truly leading your life yeah they talk about the master and then the mate which is my favorite oh babe I was just <laughs> waiting please yeah, I saw say you pause. <laughs> no but really it does matter who you surround yourself with and the person you surround yourself closest with is your mate and so if you get your mate wrong, ugh, it's, I, I can only imagine how hard it would be. I don't know because I totally got a slam dunk with my mate. <laughs> hey, me too. And, uh, you do think if, if you don't have that support mm-hmm. and, uh, and make that one of the, it's the, one of the three biggest decisions right. that you make. Uh, again, master, mate, and mission. Mm-hmm. And then your mission. It's like, what is your purpose in life? Like, what are you here to do? And that's what Brandon was saying that um, Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, preached that, you know, if you know your master, you choose well with your mate and know your mission in life, then things are gonna go well. But if you get one of those wrong, it'll put everything out of whack. And so I do believe, you know, knowing what our purpose is, what our God-given gifts and talents are, and then just flying to that and trying to stay intentional with that is so important. And I think too, having a mate like you that 
believes in what I'm doing and hopefully you feel from me that I believe in what you're doing, then it makes the journey so incredibly great. And then, you know, having that spiritual relationship with your mate that we're both pointing our you know, faces to Jesus, like that's just, you know, really cool. So I think he parks on that a little bit. He's just, Brandon's one of those guys that just is special, you know, and he said, Hey, this isn't just your first trip to Chick-fil-A. Bring Adam, bring your tippy toes, people bring your friends. Like this is a friendship now. And it's, I think, cause I felt like I was feeling so lucky for this one thing, but Brian's like, no, this is, this is a lot of things. We want to help you. We want to be friends. And I think that open invitation back to what I've talked so many times is being available. He's been available to me, a quick email or a text. And it makes you feel like, Hey, you're part of the team and they want to win for you with an organization like Chick-fil-A that wants a win for a company like me or you. It's like, wow, you feel like you're on a bigger team, which I think is super neat. You know, you can really tell quickly with Brandon that he has that mission, a mm-hmm. mission of taking care of people and supporting and being a resource. And I, I remember when you came back talking about these three things, trying to think, uh, what is my mission? And, right. and a lot of it is to be bold, to be uh, creative, to be daring, to be mm-hmm. purposeful. And and uh, and everything you do uh, should kind of go around that mission. That right. When it's being a good father or a good husband mm-hmm. um, you want to make sure that you're purposeful in everything that you're doing and, mm-hmm. and you're bold in what what that relationship is and then at work or, or around your friends um, it's nice to have that mission that that you know that you're going to be bold strong daring creative and purposeful yeah and, uh, i like those as words long as Adam. you're doing those things uh, mm-hmm. it makes those decisions easy and know that you're on the right mission yeah um, to serve in with the master. I love it. Set up for you. So. Yeah. Gosh. Good that's stuff. So cool. Me. It's so good. Okay. Well, let's um, tune in to Brandon Bray. Okay. Welcome, Brandon Bray. We're so excited to have you today on the Destined hey. for Greatness. Oh, okay. So, Brandon and I go way back to speaking class. <laughs> right in um, Nashville and we just connected um, so Brandon I want you to introduce yourself tell us who you are a little bit about your family and what you do yeah absolutely hey it is so uh, humbling and what an honor to be uh, on the show with you here um, so yeah enjoyed getting to connect with you over in yeah. Nashville at that speaking class um, mm-hmm. so I'm Brandon Bray um, I uh, currently uh, have a role at Chick-fil-A. Um, we'll hear a little more about that. Uh, but most importantly, uh, a husband of 14 years to Corey, and then we've got uh, four incredible kids. So um, we've got a, a nine, seven, five, and three-year-old. Oh, so you're not busy at all, right? <laughs> no, nothing going on. Nothing going on. Wow, that's so awesome. Well, everybody loves Chick-fil-A, and they love it not only for their chicken, but because of what Chick-fil-A is. You have a really unique story that I remember when we first met, you were telling me your story and it stopped me in my tracks. I was like, what an organization and what a story that you have. So do you mind sharing with us kind of how you got to start working with Chick-fil-A? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so um, I'll just call it divine intervention as much as anything. I had friends that were smarter than I was (laughs) and uh, they started working at Chick-fil-A first. And so I remember talking to my parents and I could either go work at the movie theater or cut grass or go work at Mm Chick-fil-A. And so um, 
I just sort of stumbled in and thought, you know, it'd be fun to work with some friends. So went down to Chick-fil-A and interviewed. Had never had a Chick-fil-A sandwich before in my life. Wow. And, and what, so, what age were you? Yeah, so I was 15 years okay, old. 15. Um, and I'm pretty sure uh, it was right in the season of I need to make maybe a little more consistent money to try to buy a car one day, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, the dream of every 15-year-old is <laughs> obviously just to buy a car. We have, you know, no, no bigger aspirations. <laughs> um, and so go down to Chick-fil-A. My friends, like, vouched for me. Hey, he, you know, he's a pretty cool guy. I think he'd do well on the team. And so I remember meeting with the operator, my first official interview, and who knows what I said. Um, <laughs> Um, as we'll hear, ironic, the role I'm in now, but back then it's like, who knows what I said? (laughs) So I got the job 15 years old and you really can't do anything when you're 15, uh, Mm -hmm. in the, in the restaurant, you you can only take orders or you can go sample the food. I mean, you're really limited. And so I remember my very first day and, uh, the operator, uh, we had a mascot. I don't know uh, if anybody remembers this, but before the cows, there was a chicken and the chicken's name was Doodles and it was this big chicken outfit with yellow tights. Here I am, 15 years old. I'm in the mall down the street from my high school. So, and it's Saturday afternoon. So who's oh, in the mall my gosh. on a Saturday afternoon down the street from your high school? Yes, of course. It's all of my high school friends. I remember <laughs> I look on the schedule and uh, I'm doodles. And so I put on the chicken outfit, yellow tights and all. And I remember my operator stopping me right before I go out the door. And he says, Hey, just a few things before you go out there. Um, so doodles doesn't talk. And I said, okay, got it. And he goes, Hey, never um, pull doodles head off in public. And I remember thinking I'm in a chicken outfit and all my friends are out there. And I just remember looking at him going, mister, you can be sure of one thing. I will not pull this head off in public. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. That's my first day at Chick-fil-A. I had my very first Chick-fil-A sandwich on my first day at Chick-fil-A. I made wow. it for Break. And so uh, that's sort of my intro to the company. But wow, that is so cool. Doodles. Can we call you Doodles now? Like I oh, feel like that. Oh, <laughs> that is so great. Okay, so there's been a lot happening since 15. So fast forward us to today. What are you doing with Chick-fil-A? Yeah, so um, after several years working in the restaurant, um, going to college with a Chick-fil-A scholarship, and mm-hmm. I'm always wanting to be a part of the brand, finally, about 10 years ago, and actually, this is right about my 10-year anniversary. Oh, wow. That um, started right after Labor Day um, 10 years ago, and uh, I'm in the role of operator selection, and okay. uh, so that is basically when there's an operator or a, a restaurant that needs an operator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work uh, with the team that is uh, going to identify the person who will ultimately own that business. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's a huge job because of the culture that Chick-fil-A has built. It's one of those that when you go from any state to state, it's the same feeling. It's that same line of everybody wanting Chick-fil-A. So I would say that you have done over the past 10 years a very good job selecting the correct operators. What is it that you guys look for in somebody to operate a Chick-fil-A? Yeah, so there's probably a lot of things. And, um, you know, that that feeling that you get when you walk into a Chick-fil-A, there, there's a lot in the background of just how the deal is structured. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily that there is an owner operator where that's their business and they're on site. So that's a little bit different than some of the other franchise models out there. But specifically what we're looking for, uh, we kind of call them the three C's, 
character chemistry and competence are mm. the high level. And of course, there's a lot of kind of bullet points that go underneath each of those. But we feel like those are three big buckets that right. we want to focus on with somebody who go, is going into partnership uh, with right. Chick-fil-A. That is um, so good. That's really good. Now, can we backtrack just a little bit? Because you were talking about going to college on a Chick-fil-A scholarship. What, yes. what is that like? So there, uh, there's this great kind of philanthropic side to Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's called Windshape. And uh, you can look, uh, find out more at windshape.org. But they've got foster care. They've got uh, camp for kids that they run every summer. And, and a piece of that is this college scholarship program. Um, and it's up at Berry College in North Georgia. And so um, as a Chick-fil-A team member, we had access to go to this, um, to apply for this leadership scholarship program. And it's really, um, it is that. It's a leadership, um, almost like a fraternity and sorority up at Berry College. But you got a little bit of scholarship money to attend it. Um, and so it was a four-year program and subsidized by Chick-fil-A, hopefully not, not to groom us to work for Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. uh, but it, were, it was comprised of people who had worked for Chick-fil-A and hopefully we're going to come out of the program great leaders for the community. Yes, that's so good. Well, I mean, when Megan, my sister and I got to go visit you at the Chick-fil-A headquarters, I was blown away by the culture and you can see that the deep heart that Chick-fil-A has by taking care of people. And there was something in you probably early on that knew there was something special. So as you're 15, 18, 21, was this the dream for you or are you like, or did you have other ideas of what your life would look like as far as a job? Yeah. You know, it, it became the dream. It became the dream for me. Um, I don't think I realized when I stepped into Chick-fil-A what I was really stepping into because I wasn't familiar with the brand and that sounds odd being someone who grew up in Atlanta. You would think everybody in Atlanta knows the brand. Um, But you know, this was back in the mid nineties and uh, my family wasn't really a family that went to a lot of the Chick-fil-A type restaurants Um, and and, uh, it just, call it price point or or location or whatever it was. I just had a lot of exposure. And so it really, it, I either grew into the brand or it un, unpacked itself to me as yeah. time went on of this brand that really cared about people more than profits. Mm. And that's the part that really stood out to me the most. Um, the question was, Hey, what, what's the right thing to do here? And right. then later on, somebody said, Hey, so, you know, what, what does it cost to do the right thing? But the first question was always, What's the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. And as a kid, that was very interesting to me that um, that someone would ask that question first. Right. Um, and uh, I was allowed to make decisions, even as a 15, 16, 17-year-old working at Chick-fil-A that were for the customer. Yeah. Um, and that was a pretty neat thing. Yeah. So did it ping you? I guess what age did it ping you? Like, this is a dream to go work at the headquarters of Chick-fil-A. Like what's been that process, I guess? Yeah, and so probably sometime in um, you know, in my college years, I knew mm-hmm. that this was a brand that I felt very closely aligned with and affiliated with. And now um, during my college years, I also worked at Camp One Shape, which is, you know, that philanthropic side of Chick-fil-A. I worked at Camp One Shape. I continued to work for my operator. And I realized that who I was really connected with uh, who the founder was, True at Kathy, mm-hmm. and 
Um, and I got to meet him personally on several occasions. And every time I met him, it just spoke to me about this wise person who combined uh, great biblical principles with mm-hmm. great business principles. Yes. And the way that he said it was, I see no conflict between the two. Mm-hmm. And so regardless of what your stance is on the side of biblical principles, he said, hey, they, they could apply to business and just be a great way to treat people. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a great organization to be a part of when you don't feel any type of internal conflict between yeah. what you're being asked to do and what you know is the right thing to do. Wow. Um, and so I wanted to work for Chick-fil-A corporate, um, but I had no idea what role that I yeah. wanted to, to work in. Yeah. So is this the dream job or do you have big dreams within Chick-fil-A or can you share with us? Yeah, you know, this, uh, I never want to say this is it. Right. There's always this desire to say, hey, how do I take what I've learned and maybe go and um, learn from a new part of the organization, mm-hmm. also take what I've learned here into a different part of the organization. And so I think the ultimate goal is to continue to grow within Chick-fil-A, but it's really to grow the brand. And specifically, um, I believe the brand the brand that you can create within a community can change mm-hmm. people's lives. Mm-hmm. So um, anything that I get to do inside the organization that fuels people and empowers people to right. go change a community is, yeah. is energizing. That is I mean, so that could happen in consulting or selection or whatever. Right. Well, and I think what's was really beneficial to Megan and I is that you invited us to come and see Chick-fil-A has the secret sauce, but they're sharing the secret sauce. So for us running tippy toes, you were a wide open book. Like here, this is what we do. This is how we do it. How can we help you? Where typically in this world, people hold their trick plays close to their chest, but you guys don't. You're wanting a win for everybody, all companies, which I think is amazing. Yeah. And I think it goes back to, hey, what's the right thing to do more than what's the cost associated with that? Right. Um, and the right thing to do is people that want to do the right thing to make great businesses that impact people's lives in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we come alongside them? And so right. that's really what the business of Chick-fil-A is. Yes, we make chicken sandwiches, mm-hmm. but, but that's, that's, that's the product. Right. But that's not really what we do. What we really do is we come alongside incredible leaders who have a vision inside of them to change for the positive a community or people's lives. Um, And that's our stance with operators. I think that's our our stance with even someone like yourself who is growing a business and Megan growing a business like you are. Yeah, that is so cool. Well, I know it was beneficial to us. And then I posted on Facebook, hey, we had this great experience. And I probably got 15 messages from other business leaders, friends that run businesses, Hey, how can we do that? Hey, how can we do that? So then I'm like, Chick-fil-A needs to start a, a <laughs> business school for all of us wanting to do that. But, you know, Chick-fil-A is just so visible on a large scale of their compassion and caring and just the, the quality. And so I think it's so cool. You guys definitely are onto something and going to the headquarters, seeing, you know, the impact that Truett made on everybody from the from the driver that picked us up to, you know, meeting you and to meeting his granddaughter, 
everybody had that same culture, which I think for me, tippy toes and Megan, something we desire our little dancers to feel from each teacher. So what's the key of getting it, you know, from our idea to actually out in the community? So what's your, like when you are talking to operators, what do you have the one thing that, you know, how do you deliver culture to stay throughout all of Chick-fil-A? Yeah. So, you know, culture is an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more inherent than people give it credit for. And so when you think about sitting across the table from the person that you want to replicate your message, Mm -hmm. what are the questions that you would want to ask that person to understand how much of a gap exists between what they would naturally say and what you would say in the same situation. And so when you've got someone sitting across or standing across from a bunch of the little girls that are signed up for your class, Mm -hmm. and if you or Megan were the ones standing there delivering the message to those little girls, what you want to be true about anybody who's a franchisee with you is that there's as little of a gap as possible between what you would say and what they would say. And that's how culture stays strong is that you don't have somebody delivering a different message. Yeah. Now you and Megan being very clear. So it starts, it starts even before you partner with franchisees, Mm -hmm. you and Megan being very clear or any business owner being very clear about who are we and Mm -hmm. what do we stand for? And so we've got a corporate purpose at Chick-fil-A to glorify God by being uh, having a positive influence on everyone that comes in contact with Chick-fil-A and being a faithful steward uh, of everything that's entrusted to us. And that provides clarity, right? Mm-hmm. That there, There's something that's very aligning about what that is. It doesn't say profit. We're going to make as much profit as possible. It says we're going to be a positive influence and a faithful steward. Mm-hmm. And so now when we're sitting across the table from somebody, we go, hey, are you going to make decisions that are in line with that corporate purpose. And the same with any business owner, you being crystal clear about what you want culture to be. Mm-hmm. Because being nice and, uh, <laughs> you know, we want to be nice to people. We want to take good care of people. We, it's like, well, that's, those are great ideals. Mm-hmm. But to really crystallize, what is it you want somebody to represent when they're across right. from those little girls? And so it starts back in the beginning and then you figure out, well, what are the questions that we want to ask somebody mm-hmm. that we can identify? Is there a gap? Right. Would they answer the question differently and how, how differently would they answer the yeah. question? That is powerful. I mean, that's great. Cause I'm thinking not only Chick-fil-A or tippy toes, but any business leader listening closing that gap to make sure that what I would say would be very similar to what somebody else would say. And that's awesome. And I think I talked to you a little bit about, you know, tippy toes, the franchise process. And it's tricky because you can like somebody, but they might not necessarily be right for the job as an operator or a teacher. Same with any other business. You can like people with them not being right for the job. So, would you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, you know, identifying who's the right fit for that particular role, mm-hmm. um, it has to be this uh, most unbiased approach that you can possibly get in the process because 
it's not a popularity contest and it's not necessarily the person you you'd want to hang out with on the weekend at a barbecue. Right. Um, it's got to be the person that delivers your product very well mm -hmm. and in a consistent manner and people walk away feeling like, wow, you know, I took a class from Sarah a few months ago and now I've taken a class from this person mm -hmm. and it actually feels the same. Like I'm yeah. walking away just as energized about dance Yes. Standing across from this person as I did from Sarah. I love that. That is so good. And that's so great in any aspect of business or really family. Like, okay, how is our culture in our family? And you can take that to so many different areas, which is cool. Okay. So yeah. question I ask everybody on the podcast was, um, is, are, have there been failures or detours where you thought things were going to go one way and they've kind of detoured, um, a different way, like franchise selection. Is that where you wanted to be? Or have you had any of those hiccups that you're like, wow, can't believe I ended up here. <laughs> yeah. If you had asked me when I first started uh, considering Chick-fil-A as a career, there's, there's no way I probably would have said franchisee selection. I, I don't even think I knew the role existed. Um, but I can tell you, I went through college and worked for Chick-fil-A and Windshape all through college. Um, and then even went to grad school, uh, purposefully to get a degree that would apply to Chick-fil-A. Wow. Um, and so you, you, you've got this kid, right, that grew up and everything I had known was Chick-fil-A. And so I come walking into the support center, which is what we call our corporate office, and I'm very excited about, you know, applying finally for Chick-fil-A <laughs> staff and going, what could go wrong? Uh, the right. pedigree was there, in my opinion, and then to sit across the table and go, hey, so so what do you feel like you're qualified to do here at the support center? And my answer was, I don't, I don't care what I do. I just want to work for Chick-fil-A. Um, and, and I can assure you that's not the right answer. Right. Um, right. They looked at me and they're like, yeah, um, why don't you go figure out what you want to do with your life? And, and maybe one day we'll talk. Wow. Walking away from that, just being crushed and going back to the Windshape uh, staff which is where I worked at the time and delivering that message to them of going, you know, they said, I, I need to figure out what I want to do. And so the guy said, so what are you going to do? I said, well, I guess I'll stay here and work on it. He goes, yeah, that's probably not the best idea. You should probably go figure out what you want to do. Wow. Do the same. And so um, he said, I'll let you work here until you find another job. Wow. And so here I am. Oh my gosh, uh, Brandon, that's crazy. It, it was one of those moments in life where you got, you got hit in the face and then right <laughs> as you were standing up, you got hit again. <laughs> And I was engaged at the time. Uh, had and no you're thinking, baby, I got this. I've worked for them since I was it's 50. Surely crazy. they're going to take me, right? Like, come on. It makes total sense to me. Wow. Um, and so I uh, went out into uh, what we'll call the real world and went into a financial advising role and an uh, organization. And um, I I'll tell you, like, the part of the story I don't like to admit, but I'm absolutely miserable uh, for probably the first six months of doing that. And wow. uh, here's sort of the nugget of wisdom that I got from that. I remember being just down, like down uh, cast and everybody sort of going, ah, do you really like this role? And me coming out, oh, it's sort of a good start, I guess. You know, <laughs> I, everything I thought I wanted wasn't happening. Right. And I remember this nugget coming out. Hey, nobody wants somebody who's not good in their current role in the next role. Yeah. 
wow, so that's really good. If you, if you don't maximize where you are, mm-hmm. then nobody's going to want you in the next role up. And so, so if, good. if I just lived life and didn't perform at a high level, whether I liked it or not, mm-hmm. I was never going to get out of it. This is the yeah. catch 22. Yeah. If you don't perform well in what you don't like. You'll never get out of doing what you don't yes. like. Yes. Wow. That is awesome. Um, and so I figured out what the scorecard was and started mm-hmm. to kind of get the team rallied around me and uh, almost made it, you know, this, this game, if you will, of like, Hey, what, what can I do to really enjoy my role and started making connections and ultimately kind of worked my way out of where I was into mm-hmm. a role that ultimately led me to build a skill set that was applicable to Chick-fil-A. But I tell you, had I stayed uh, basically depressed about the role that I was right. in, uh, there's no way I would have yeah. gotten out of that. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I, that story so amazing. Cause I feel like when people first hear you've worked for them since 15, like surely you just stayed along, but you had to reapply for all these positions. And that's still true today, right? In the, um, in the support center that even to move to a different department, you must reapply. Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole application process is, it's very uh, rigorous. Yeah. And so even if you grow up working for Chick-fil-A and you ultimately want to be an operator, uh, you, you do still have to go through a very rigorous application process. And so here I am now on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. And every now and then we still have to deliver the message to someone who grew up working in Chick-fil-A. Hey, yeah. you're not ready. It's not time. And all I can do is look at them and say, I know you don't know why I'm saying this, but my empathy for you is really high. <laughs> I have been there. Wow. I, I know how That's you feel. Amazing. Now, how many people apply for a Chick-fil-A franchise each year? Yeah, so we get we get roughly forty to fifty thousand uh, expression of interest a year, okay. and so that's across the country. Yeah, um, yeah. And now Canada, right? I saw you guys are are you moving into Canada? So we just uh, cracked the door open in Canada. Yeah. Wow, so is that your territory or? It's no. not. No, <laughs> and so in order to go international, we actually had to. Uh, create this kind of sister company, if you will. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's still Chick-fil-A, but it, it's Chick-fil-A International. Wow. And so there's a completely separate team that's working on that. That's awesome. And then of those 40 or 50,000 that have an expression of interest, how many franchises are, or operators are awarded each year? Yeah. And so we make about a little less than 200 selections a year, okay. but that's including relocations, multi-restaurants. And so Whenever you make a relocation, there's a domino effect that occurs, and ultimately there'll be a restaurant left over at the end. Mm-hmm. So it's not always the new one that we're building, um, but ultimately at the end of that, um, there will be something left over, and it might be that mall in the middle of nowhere right. that no yeah. one's ever heard of before. Yeah, um, wow, but they want it so bad. Well, what was really cool about Megan and I coming to visit you is the day that we did, it was an operator graduation. I got teary. I had been there for like 10 minutes and they start the ceremony, but it was so emotional um, because these people had been away from their family. You said it's the most unfriendly, family-friendly thing Chick-fil-A does, right? Is the... Um, absolutely is. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that. So they, they are awarded their franchise 
and then they go to training basically. Yeah. So these are, um, so of the 190 selections that we make a year, there's about a hundred, let's say that are what we call external candidates. And, and that's anybody who's not currently a Chick-fil-A operator. And so you might've grown up working for Chick-fil-A or you might've never worked for Chick-fil-A, but you're considered an external candidate. And so when you're selected to become an operator, there's a five and a half week training that you attend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, come to interviews, you're selected, and then right before your restaurant opens, you you come to this training. And it is the most unfamily-friendly thing. <laughs> um, and you're really, you're away from home for that whole time, and you're um, you're running restaurants to try to, to understand a little bit about what we do. So you're somewhere in the U.S. running a restaurant, and then you're participating in classwork. But um, right at right, kind of towards the end, you spend time um, with the owners of the company. So you go to Dan mm-hmm. Kathy's house for dinner. You go to Bubba Kathy's house for dinner. Um, you meet with the executive committee, um, wow. and you talked a little bit about um, passing down culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so these these are uh, you know individuals that uh, they probably don't have a lot of free time on their calendar, right? Um, but what they are very intentional about is setting aside time that every new operator that comes through training, mm-hmm. they spend one-on-one time with and not in a boardroom type setting, but you're literally sitting in Dan Kathy and Baba Kathy's living room with their spouses and wow. dinner and sitting on their sofas and talking about, Hey, what, why do you want to do this? Like, what do you yeah. hope to be true about this? Wow. And so, Call. I mean, that's just, that's the onboarding component. Love it. I love it. Well, that sets the tone of the culture. And then I would guess the hope would be that these operators go back and embrace that in their own communities, come over, open their house and get to know their staff and people working for you know, Chick-fil-A there. That is so awesome. Awesome. Okay. So you are full of wisdom. Like when I met you, I'm like, gosh, just so much. But if you could tell us like business owners listening or people that want to go for their dreams, what would be your one piece of advice? Ooh, that's a, a I totally just put you on the spot tonight. (laughs) That's a big question. What's that one piece of advice? Um, you know, I hate to go back to what we talked about, but so many, so many business owners have so much that they want to accomplish through their business. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really good. Um, but if you want to partner with people, you've got to figure out how to replicate yourself and what part you want to replicate mm-hmm. and what part can be individual. And so, um, it goes back to crystallize what's most important mm-hmm. that you want somebody to come to the table and represent for you. So but good. then figure out what are those things that you're okay being flexible on? Yeah. Um, and so, we, you know, we get a lot of questions. Hey, how does Chick-fil-A translate to mm-hmm. Manhattan, to mm-hmm. LA, to right. San Francisco, all these markets where people would, would kind of go, Hey, nobody, nobody drinks sweet tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Manhattan and, well, and so if you met our operator for Manhattan, uh, to put that operator in Bowling Green, Kentucky, probably right. wouldn't work out the same. Right, so, right. And so there's this element of, well, well then what are we looking for? Mm-hmm. Like if, if that operator wouldn't be successful in Bowling Green, what are we looking for? And you go, well, 
just because he wouldn't he wouldn't fit in Bowling Green, Kentucky, he's a great partner with the brand because he brings character chemistry competence. Mm-hmm. Like he he can be incredibly hospitable. He can be you know, great with a community and he knows his customer that's walking in the door and he knows Mm -hmm. what they're specifically looking for. So figure out what you can be flexible on, figure out what you need to crystallize and hold people to. And don't be afraid not to make the yes decision when you know, just because you need somebody like hold firm. And I think you and I actually talked about it a little bit you should get bigger because you're getting better. Yes. So if your goal is to double the size of your organization in the next five years, you can accomplish that. Mm -hmm. But is that your top priority? Mm -hmm. Or should your top priority be, I only want to partner with people who I think are going to build the culture and be rock solid about who we are as a brand and if by doing that we double the size of the company in the next five years Mm -hmm. like I'm going to be ready with the infrastructure to be able to do that yes and so growth is good but at what cost and so is growth a side effect of what your your true focus should be that is so good you know that's probably what stuck with Megan and I the most do we want to double our company in the next 10 years or do we want to be rock solid, you know, and it was absolutely a hundred percent rock solid because we know if we are, then we'll attract the right people and then grow. Like, you know, growth yeah. is a side effect of being super good and crystal clear on what, what you're wanting. So what a wealth of information you are. Every time I talk to you or get a chance to hang out with you, I just love it so much. And I'm coming back to Chick-fil-A at Christmas because I heard Please that's do. the best time of year. Right? It's totally decorated. It's totally decorated up. Um, and I, I, so going back, I actually think the balance was, do you want to grow, double the size of your company in five years or do you want to be relevant as a brand mm-hmm. in 10 years? Yeah. Or still relevant as a brand. And sometimes those are, those are, um, they don't have to be competing, but you have to figure out what you want to focus on first. Um, but yeah, come back and bring, I'm gonna bring come some back. Yeah, I'm going to bring some people. Shoot, I have a list of people that want to go. I'm like, I'm sure all of our tippy toes people, I told Adam next time you're absolutely coming with me. It was just on. one of those experiences. And, you know, it's such a testament to you and everything you're doing there. And all those people are, that we got to meet was just amazing. So I just thank you so much for your time. We learned a lot with all of your wisdom. So thanks so much, Brandon. Well, it's been a pleasure and I'm uh, very excited to uh, have made some new friends along the way here. So, uh, all the best as you guys are growing your business. I know you're going to impact the lives of a lot of little people that are learning. To <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, you are destined for greatness.